What is the American dream for us today? Political activism during the tumultuous 1960s saw the rise of the civil rights movement, which sought to fulfill the American promise of freedom and equality under the law, because most all Americans prefer the idea of improving their country to that of overthrowing its government and its institutions. The vision of FDR, Truman, Eisenhower, JFK Martin Luther King, L. B. Johnson, along with Ronald Reagan's pursuit of the goals of a great society through limited government, as well as the restoration of law and order, defined the post-1960s American political consensus. That was all well-defined and fairly useful, up until the George Floyd assassination, where the police state was proven to be racist, resilient and enduring. And that is why race theory comes to be in vogue today. Race theory is an academic discipline, formulated in the 1950s, built on the intellectual framework of the post-slavery America, and it is used to describe critical race components, including employment, police profiling and bias, white supremacist, equity, social justice, diversity, inclusion, and language. Concepts like white supremacy, systemic racism, inequity, and police brutality, naked murder by police and bureaucratic racism, should never be confused with the freedoms derived from the basic American principles of personal liberty and equality in front of the law. A clear distinction should be made, because the difference is vast and important, as indeed, equality, the principle proclaimed in the Declaration of Independence, defended in the Civil War, and finally codified into law with the 14th and 15th Amendments, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and the Voting Rights Act of 1965, represents explicitly the principle of non-discrimination and because of that it now provides the necessary ammunition for the federal law enforcement to fight white supremacy, police racial bias, white murder and brutality and systemic racist oppression across all sectors of our benevolent and largely multicultural e pluribus unum American dream society. In contrast to classical constitutional equality, today's political ascendancy of the voices speaking out for racial equity is defined through an equity-based government equality under the law and freedom of speech, as well as a strong dose of social justice. This evolutionary cultural progressivism would not only support the principles of our Declaration of Independence and resolve racial conflicts, but it would simultaneously buttress the structure of the American Constitution and thus improve its viability, vitality and usefulness, for today, for tomorrow, as well as for the centuries laying ahead of us, and even for the long millennia to come. That is why race-inclusive equality, is a worthy dogma to be included in our founding canon, and in our DNA, as a vital part of the true American revolution. And that is the simplest change that we want to see in our republic. This is a revolutionary change, because when originally established, these government institutions were presented as neutral, technocratic, and oriented towards broadly held perceptions of service to the public good. Yet today, under the increasing sway of systemic racism and biased policing and related failed supremacy ideologies, these governmental institutions are being turned against the very American people they were designed to protect and support, namely the minorities and the dispossessed. Political engagement and sustained political activism is the only way to governmental action, grassroots mobilization, and our appeal to principles laid out clearly by the Founding Fathers and our blueprints for the construction of our Republic, as seen in the binding documents, known to all of us as our draft agreements, namely the Declaration of Independence and our Living Constitution and our Basic Bill of Rights. This year, several state legislatures have introduced bills to achieve the goals of preventing public institutions from conducting programs that stereotype, scapegoat, or demean people on the basis of race. Indeed, 
the Lincoln Party and I have organized a coalition of organizations, schools and government agencies, in order to create racial inclusion programs based on the grounds of the First Amendment, which protects citizens from compelled speech, the Fourteenth Amendment which provides equal protection under the law, and the Civil Rights Act of 1964 which prohibits public institutions from discriminating on the basis of race. On the grassroots level, a multiracial and bipartisan coalition is emerging to do battle against white supremacist, as even little schools and communities are mobilizing against racially divisive curricula in public schools and employees are increasingly speaking out against what they see as happening, when ordinary Americans are killed in broad daylight under the knee of the police murderers who put their full body weight on the neck of an unarmed and handcuffed person laid face down on the tarmac of the downtown for a whole nine and a half minutes until the life had left the body of this simple citizen who fell to the clutches of the effed-up white supremacist police of the city of Minneapolis. Naturally we are all outraged that race, collective punishment, and segregation, which violate the basic principles of equality and justice in terms of principles, and we now need to employ our own moral language rather than allow ourselves to be confined by the categories of white v. black theory of hatred amongst the races. Diversity as most of us understand it is generally good and of great value, when we talk about excellence through equality and equity, which is a common standard that challenges and supports people of all backgrounds, ethnic as well as racial minorities, because if we are to achieve our greatest potential as a society, this is what can bring out the best potential and grow the total benefits for our national growth, common progress and democracy's longevity, through the emergence of the collective and personal genius of the mosaic that makes up our nation. And because we do not know where the next Einstein will emerge from, I can assure you that similarly to the past, he might very well be an immigrant, a ghetto-born child or an underachiever in school. And that is why we must promote the true story of America, in words and deeds that pay homage to the honest truth about past injustices in American history, as well as our cardinal sins, and in that way we can foster the recognition of all of our wrongs and rights. Further, we must present these past wrongs, through the lens of education in such a way that places them in the context of our nation's past as a springboard for our high ideals and in the progress we have made towards realizing them. Because the genuine American history is rich with stories of achievements and sacrifices that will move the hearts of Americans, in stark contrast to the grim and pessimistic narrative pressed by the Harpies and the Cassandras who tend to forget that it was American courage that fought the Civil War and forged the victory and the peace that enshrined the great emancipation of the world's slavery in the roots of the Tree of Liberty that was watered sufficiently through the blood of the fallen patriots in that bloody carnage and its resultant reconstruction that continues to this day. Yet if we are to uphold that American dream today, we must have courage, which is the fundamental virtue required above all else in this time of trials and tribulations. Because we need to have and exhibit the necessary courage in order to stand up and speak the truth. And also because it is courage that we need to exhibit if we are to withstand the inimical white supremacists hiding in all of our churches, schools, governments and police departments. We need plenty of courage to face the mob of our white supremacist attackers. W.W. need courage to shrug off the scorn of the class, race and community we naturally seem to belong in and instead we find ourselves shunned because we speak up for Black Lives Matter and for racial and social justice. Yet it is inevitable that when enough of us overcome the fear that currently prevents so many from speaking out, and as you shall soon find out, courage begets courage, and that is why it's far easier to stand up together for the principles that constitute the dream of America to come instead of that trite trope commonly called the American dream. Yours. Dr. Churchill. P.S. Truth and justice are on our side, 
and with a serious helping of courage, we can muster the faith in our dreams and the sincere desire to do what is right, and that is how we will push the wheel of history uphill, and in the right direction, for the benefit of all concerned. And that by the way, might be the only way for all of us to collectively find again, the new world that our inner explorers are still looking for in our cultural and social explorations today. So let this small manuscript be the map that will guide us to find a new world that America represents for all of our children as well as for the children of people all around the world. Good luck and Godspeed. What is the American dream for us today? Political activism during the tumultuous 1960s saw the rise of the civil rights movement, which sought to fulfill the American promise of freedom and equality under the law, because most all Americans prefer the idea of improving their country to that of overthrowing its government and its institutions. The vision of FDR, Truman, Eisenhower, JFK Martin Luther King, L. B. Johnson, along with Ronald Reagan's pursuit of the goals of a great society through limited government, as well as the restoration of law and order, defined the post-1960s American political consensus. That was all well-defined and fairly useful, up until the George Floyd assassination, where the police state was proven to be racist, resilient and enduring. And that is why race theory comes to be in vogue today. Race theory is an academic discipline, formulated in the 1950s, built on the intellectual framework of the post-slavery America, and it is used to describe critical race components, including employment, police profiling and bias, white supremacist, equity, social justice, diversity, inclusion, and language. Concepts like white supremacy, systemic racism, inequity, and police brutality, naked murder by police and bureaucratic racism, should never be confused with the freedoms derived from the basic American principles of personal liberty and equality in front of the law. A clear distinction should be made, because the difference is vast and important, as indeed, equality, the principle proclaimed in the Declaration of Independence, defended in the Civil War, and finally codified into law with the 14th and 15th Amendments, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and the Voting Rights Act of 1965, represents explicitly the principle of non-discrimination and because of that it now provides the necessary ammunition for the federal law enforcement to fight white supremacy, police racial bias, white murder and brutality and systemic racist oppression across all sectors of our benevolent and largely multicultural e pluribus unum American dream society. In contrast to classical constitutional equality, today's political ascendancy of the voices speaking out for racial equity is defined through an equity-based government, equality under the law and freedom of speech, as well as a strong dose of social justice. This evolutionary cultural progressivism, would not only support the principles of our Declaration of Independence and resolve racial conflicts, but it would simultaneously buttress the structure of the American Constitution and thus improve its viability, vitality and usefulness, for today, for tomorrow, as well as for the centuries laying ahead of us, and even for the long millennia to come. That is why race-inclusive equality, is a worthy dogma to be included in our founding canon, and in our DNA, as a vital part of the true American Revolution. And that is the simplest change that we want to see in our republic. This is a revolutionary change, because when originally established, these government institutions were presented as neutral, technocratic, and oriented towards broadly held perceptions of service to the public good. Yet, today, under the increasing sway of systemic racism and biased policing and related failed supremacy ideologies, these governmental institutions are being turned against the very American people they were designed to protect and support, namely the minorities and the dispossessed. Political engagement and sustained political activism is the only way to governmental action, 
grassroots mobilization, and our appeal to principles laid out clearly by the founding fathers in our blueprints for the construction of our republic, as seen in the binding documents, known to all of us as our draft agreements, namely the Declaration of Independence and our Living Constitution and our Basic Bill of Rights. This year, several state legislatures have introduced bills to achieve the goals of preventing public institutions from conducting programs that stereotype, scapegoat, or demean people on the basis of race. Indeed, the Lincoln Party and I have organized a coalition of organizations, schools and government agencies, in order to create racial inclusion programs based on the grounds of the First Amendment, which protects citizens from compelled speech, the Fourteenth Amendment which provides equal protection under the law, and the Civil Rights Act of 1964 which prohibits public institutions from discriminating on the basis of race. On the grassroots level, a multiracial and bipartisan coalition is emerging to do battle against white supremacists, as even little schools and communities are mobilizing against racially divisive curricula in public schools and employees are increasingly speaking out against what they see as happening, when ordinary Americans are killed in broad daylight under the knee of the police murderers who put their full body weight on the neck of an unarmed and handcuffed person laid face down on the tarmac of the downtown of the effed-up white supremacist city of Minneapolis. Naturally we are all outraged that race, collective punishment, and segregation, which violate the basic principles of equality and justice in terms of principles, and we now need to employ our own moral language rather than allow ourselves to be confined by the categories of white v. black theory of hatred amongst the races. Diversity as most of us understand it, is generally good, and of great value, when we talk about excellence through equality and equity, which is a common standard that challenges and supports people of all backgrounds, ethnic as well as racial minorities, because if we are to achieve our greatest potential as a society, this is what can bring out the best potential and grow the total benefits for our national growth, common progress and democracy's longevity, through the emergence of the collective and personal genius of the mosaic that makes up our nation. And because we do not know where the next Einstein will emerge from, I can assure you that similarly to the past, he might very well be an immigrant, a ghetto-born child or an underachiever in school. And that is why we must promote the true story of America, in words and deeds that pay homage to the honest truth about past injustices in American history, as well as our cardinal sins, and in that way we can foster the recognition of all of our wrongs and rights. Further, we must present these past wrongs, through the lens of education in such a way that places them in the context of our nation's past as a springboard for our high ideals and the progress we have made towards realizing them. Because the genuine American history is rich with stories of achievements and sacrifices that will move the hearts of Americans, in stark contrast to the grim and pessimistic narrative pressed by the Harpies and the Cassandras who tend to forget that it was American courage that fought the Civil War and forged the victory and the peace that enshrined the great emancipation of the world slavery in the roots of the Tree of Liberty that was watered sufficiently through the blood of the fallen patriots and that bloody carnage and its resultant reconstruction that continues to this day. Yet if we are to uphold that American dream today, we must have courage, which is the fundamental virtue required above all else in this time of trials and tribulations. Because we need to have and exhibit the necessary courage in order to stand up and speak the truth. And also because it is courage that we need to exhibit if we are to withstand the inimical white supremacists hiding in all of our churches, schools, governments and police departments. We need plenty of courage to face the mob of our white supremacist attackers. WW need courage to shrug off the scorn of the class, race and community we naturally seem to belong and instead we find ourselves shunned because we speak up for Black Lives Matter and for racial and social justice. Yet it is inevitable that when enough of us overcome the fear that currently prevents so many from speaking out, and as you shall soon find out, courage begets courage, 
And that is why it's far easier to stand up together for the principles that constitute the dream of America to come instead of that trite trope commonly called the American dream. Yours. Dr. Churchill. P.S. Truth and justice are on our side, and with a serious helping of courage, we can muster the faith in our dreams and the sincere desire to do what is right, and that is how we will push the wheel of history uphill and in the right direction, for the benefit of all concerned. And that by the way, might be the only way for all of us to collectively find again, the new world that our inner explorers are still looking for in our cultural and social explorations today. So let this small manuscript be the map that will guide us to find the new world that America represents for all of our children as well as for the children of people all around the world. Good luck and Godspeed.